This is Stefan Deschain, host of The Nature's Living Show. We launched this latest episode on the 10th UNESCO World Radio Day, Sunday, the 13th of February, 2021. This year's theme is New World, New Radio, and podcasting is very much a part of the evolution of radio. The topic of this latest episode is censorship in social media, which seem particularly well suited for World Radio Day. Since its beginning over a century ago, radio has been a way to share ideas far and wide. It transcends borders and reaches people in places that are difficult to access. So now podcasting takes that even further by giving almost everyone the power to broadcast their own ideas. But censorship has always been an issue and is back with a vengeance in the new world of social media. Naturist ideas are being suppressed, so we must remain vigilant in order to defeat its nefarious impact. Social media is a new de facto public space and podcasting depends on it to reach the masses. Hello, I'm Audrey Azoulay, Director General of UNESCO. Every year, on the 13th of February, we celebrate radio, a medium that is 110 years young, a constantly evolving platform for culture, for knowledge, for news, for the voices of the world. Wherever you are, radio is with you. In lockdown, it opens door to the voices of the world, to health information, to education, to the arts. It's a precious tool for the transmission of information, a global common good. I wish you all a very happy World Radio Day. This episode of the Naturist Living Show, censorship. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Pre 
your body, free your mind. www.bareoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 128 of the Naturist Living Show. And this episode is brought to you by the very kind support of Andrew, Dinheru, Jacob, Robert, and Al. The show is available free and will always be because we want to make sure we can spread the word. But it's available because of the kind support of these folks. And if you'd like to also contribute to the show, just visit us on Patreon, patreon.com slash show. But today we're talking about censorship, and that is a very serious topic. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a subject which has been discussed for centuries, I'm sure. Certainly my entire lifetime, I've heard this topic come up and come back and always be discussed. Uh, people are always happy to have their their thoughts heard, but they're also happy to have people that they don't like or disagree with censored. But unfortunately, censorship is a double-edged sword, and you can't have it both ways. Um, I'm not saying there can't, there shouldn't be censorship. There has to be censorship. There's some limits to what people are should be able to say um, because there are things that are quite harmful. Um, one of the obvious one is people shouldn't be able to go around saying people saying to people that you are a murderer or uh, whatever if you're not if you, if you have not done it because it's uh, that's defamation that's hurting your reputation that's damaging your reputation so there there has to be some limits to what we say uh, but of course what we say as naturist our message is the issue um, while we cheer for some of the censors uh, out there that are stopping the uh, angry, uh, damaging speech, we get caught up just as easily in that. And very few people um, are unaware, if they're in naturism, that there's lots of censorship on what we do. It goes way back. Uh, we fought uh, a century ago as naturists for the right to have images. Maurice Parmelee's book, Dr. Maurice Parmelee's book uh, in 1927 was heavily censored, couldn't be distributed, and all it had was a few pictures in it showing people just enjoying themselves, sitting around, playing games like volleyball. I don't know if there was volleyball, but something that looked like volleyball um, in them, in little black and white pictures. Not very much at all, but that was shocking by them. And they fought, and they fought because it wasn't just um, smut, as they like to say. It was not just pornography. Uh, it was not indecent. It was an idea. And the reason that censorship is bad is when it uh, prevents new ideas from coming out. New ideas are important. People need to keep stirring the pot. Society does not uh, move forward unless people bring up new ideas. You know, you go back to... Um, hundreds of years, and the ideas of the earth being round was deemed to be a terrible thing, and people were 
jailed or killed for suggesting the earth was round. Um, some people don't like the idea of evolution. Some people um, don't like the idea of democracy, or they didn't, and now generally we agree, but in some countries they don't, and they're trying to prevent the idea from spreading. Um, so ideas have to be free. If ideas aren't free, even if we don't like them, uh, we can't discuss them, and sometimes those ideas become interesting, and those ideas become popular, and those ideas become what we think the way the world should be. So naturism is an idea. Um, it's not just running around naked. There's absolutely an argument that we should also have the right to be nude, to be in our natural state. Um, that should be a fundamental human right as well. But naturism is also a much bigger idea than that. It is a way to change how we interact with each other and how we see each other. Um, as I like to call it, uh, ethical naturism, not just recreational naturism. And we have to be able to tell that story. If we can't, um, then nothing will change. People will never accept us. We also won't be able to grow as a movement. And images is where we get into the most trouble. Not always. Sometimes just talking about it is a problem. But right now, images are our, our biggest issue. And no matter how subtle we are, we seem to get uh, censored on social media. It's uh, the fight in the beginning of the 20th century about pictures is no different than the fight today. We need pictures. Pictures are the only way um, to really, well, first, it's, it's an important way to get attention because, as we know, um, Instagram exists mostly because it's image-based and became popular because it's image-based. A picture is worth a thousand words is one of the uh, oldest sayings, right? It's a, it, and it's true. Um, you can talk all you want about sitting around nude and just not being sexual and just being casual. And nothing, though, really explains it as well as a picture people are just sitting around having a coffee chatting without any clothes on that's what it looks like in nature I mean, it's hard for people to imagine until they see it i know some people still find that image sexual but we can't stop that uh, well we can we're trying to change it but we can't stop that some people will find sexuality in it but that doesn't mean that a lot of people will not see it for what it is which is that uh, you can actually sit around and be nude and not wear clothes, and it's not sexual. It's just every day like it is. And so we need those pictures. And social media has been a problem for us because no matter how subtle we are, we are getting censored. Um, I, <laughs> and I know, I've been censored for all kinds of crazy things to the point now that if you follow the Bear Oaks um, social media feed, you'll see that we censor everything to an extreme length because... There's no consistency. Uh, there's, there's no consistency in how they apply the rules. I know they're written down, but the problem is there are uh, um, there's an army of, according to articles I've read, low-paid workers um, who have to make decisions because they uh, either they get reports, but now a lot of AI, artificial intelligence, is flagging things and then they have to make decisions or sometimes I think the AI now is making a decision on its own. And this is a problem because there's a lot of subtlety and a lot of complexity in the ideas. And I, I'm not taking away from the fact that 
moderation is a very difficult job. It's it's necessary. Um, and if you read some of the articles, and I'll post some of them in the show notes, there's huge psychological trauma in doing the job because people post unbelievable abuse and violence on social media. Most of the time we don't see it because moderators are taking them out. And a lot of them because they are exposed to so many of those every day develop actual psychological uh, trauma, PTSD from the job. And to, to me, though, it would seem that if you saw that those horrible things, seeing somebody sitting around close free reading a book or having a cup of coffee would be the last thing that you'd be worried about, might make you smile. But still, they are interpreting rules that have been put in front of them. Uh, often they live in different cultures because there are people all over the world doing these jobs. Um, they're applying ethnocentric rules. And what do I mean by that? Well, here where I am in uh, outside Toronto, um, it is perfectly legal for women to be top free. So a woman can walk top free down the street, hopefully when it's warm outside. And I can see that. Everybody can see that. Families can see that. Uh, children can see that because it's legal and it's what you see on the street. You may not like it, but there's a lot of things that people say. There's a lot of people things that people do that I don't like, but they have the right to do it. And so I can take that picture, I could post it, but if I post it on social media, even though it's legal, in our community standards here in Toronto, it will get me in trouble, it'll probably get me banned. And there are many different community standards around the world, so you cannot apply one set of rules. It doesn't make sense. There are places where showing a picture of a woman with a low-cut uh, dress is against their community standards, but we allow that. So you can't apply one rule, and that's one of the problems. Um, you, the other problem is the personal interpretation. Um, to me, though, the most frustrating thing is because we are so careful to follow the rules and still we get banned, is that there's no appeal process. Or when there is, you click a button. You don't get to explain. There's no reason behind it that we can rationalize why this is, should be okay if there is an appeal and there's often no appeal process um it's just you're done i mean it's it's like somebody is you know if the police could just walk around arrest you they didn't have to tell you why kept you in jail for a few days and then they, when they let you out they told you don't do it again you say what did i do they said you know don't do it again here's the criminal code you violated this <laughs> How, how am I supposed to deal with that? Well, that's exactly what it feels like when you deal with Facebook or Instagram or some of the other social media out there. And it's it's impossible to deal with. Having said that, I know that there are places, there are societies and there are countries, that's exactly how it works. But I think in general, in Western democracies, we agree that's not the right way to do it. And that is where we are being subjected to these rules by companies like Facebook and Instagram. And you don't have to just be a naturist. I know many people who've been uh, who've been censored or banned or had their pictures deleted who are not naturist. Um, one of them is Amy. Hello, Amy. Hello, Stefan. So, uh, you're not a naturist. I am not. No. You don't run around naked all the time. 
No, although my three girls do, which saves a lot in laundry. Um, it's basically their favorite thing to do is run around naked wherever we are, especially at home or at the cottage. Um, but I have yet to to really join them. <laughs> and, and they're very little, right? They are, yes. All toddlers, so three-year-old twins and a five-year-old. And then I have a 15-year-old son who is not interested whatsoever in joining in. <laughs> <laughs> so you, um, you're you very active on social media. You post a lot of pictures on Instagram, right? Yes. Yeah, I would say, I would say so. Uh, kind of selectively, like not all day long, but if we're doing something really special or I want to shout out, you know, um, like this morning, one of my friends brought me a box full of toys from the 80s that were hers for all my girls. And so, um, you know, it was a really special moment. They're opening all these toys and kind of as a thank you to her, you know, I shared the photos of the girls opening the toys and stuff like that. So, you know, those kinds of things. And have you ever had one of your pictures censored? I have probably maybe close to half a dozen times or so, uh, mostly Instagram, I'd say. And was, um, were there nude pictures? Uh, no, so they weren't nude pictures. I have never posted nude pictures of any of my children online or even, you know, when they were babies, they usually, you know, there'd be a blanket or yeah. maybe like the backs of them or the bear bomb or something like that. Um, but nope, they were just pictures, you know, they might have had a pull up on or shorts on or something like that. Um, and you may know more about this than I do or understand more about this, but perhaps like some sort of algorithm computer in the background is considering that they are fully nude or something like that. And it's been flagged and removed. And how does that feel? Well, it makes me question, <laughs> you know, it's almost like there's this secret world out there within social media and Facebook and Instagram, et cetera, um, you know, where we can't and we don't have the right to understand it or, or ask any questions about it. It's just this is what someone has decided or a computer's decided, and that's it. And if you choose to post the photo again, you know, you then have the chance of being blocked or removed or, you know, having penalties put against you uh, for a certain number of days. So, you know, for me, it's never been you know, the most, you know, the best photo or, you know, a really great cause that I went to share it again. I've just kind of left it at that um, because I know from past experience in trying to get a hacked account back from Facebook, um, there's just, it's an ongoing thing and you can keep reporting it and keep asking for help. And I, in my experience, I've never received that help. So I've just left it always, you know, if it's been flagged and taken down for inappropriateness because um, they feel that it was too much skin showing or they felt it was a nude photo or something, uh, I've just left it. And you, but how do you, like, em, any emotions come to mind? Like, do you? Yeah, so I would say there, there's definitely sometimes some frustration about it because it's just not what they're claiming I've done or it's it's not the type of photo that they're suggesting it is. Um, but then I also sometimes think, you know, there's a wide variety of things that are shared on the internet that could be perceived as like much more concerning possibly, um, 
you know, are at higher risk of being violated or taken by someone else and using the wrong way. And I, I've never felt that my photos were like that. So, yeah, I, I guess like I've never posted one that's made me question like, oh, did I go too far in posting that? You know, was I being risky or, you know, not a responsible parent? Like I've never felt that way. Um, yeah, so I guess just, you know, sometimes frustrated in that, like, I just don't have the control over it. There's really not much you can do. Has it changed your behavior at all? Uh, I would say, you know, in posting something, if it is ever a photo along those lines, like they're, you know, playing at the beach or in their bathing suit or in a pull-up or something, um, I, I do think of it like, oh, is this is enough covered? You know, because sometimes, they're you know, with kids, they're like sitting in a funny position and they have like a blanket or something and you maybe don't see their pull up but you see their bare chest or their arms or whatnot and so I would say if it is a photo like that I do think of it now just because it has happened a few times um, and I really I, I do have photos on face on Facebook or Instagram that you know it's kind of like a photo album for myself so I don't ever want to lose access to those photos do you think this is right so in my so I, I can speak for my particular you know examples of when it's happened to me and I definitely don't feel it was right because um, the computers or you know whatever in the background has just selected photos that were not actually violating any of their terms like they they did have clothing on or, or something on or a diaper or whatever that was you know covering parts that are their not supposed to be shared or go against their guidelines or whatnot. Um, so I, I think my my answer is probably if in regards to my personal photos, uh, I don't feel it was right. But I guess there is this other aspect of it where, you know, if someone does share a photo and they're maybe not thinking about some of the risks that could be out there i guess it is a, another line of defense to make you think twice possibly or you know protect a child or someone else that you know maybe wouldn't want that photo shared so i think there's kind of a, a double-edged sword to it but of course naturists are the most frequent uh, victims of this um and I don't know how often, because of course there's no stats. We hear it all the time. We hear people complain all the time. Our friends disappear from social media for short periods of time. Sometimes their feed disappears permanently, and we hear it in other social media, um, Twitter, for example, which is much more tolerant, um, that they disappeared from Instagram, and they can't ever get it back. One of the first ones to complain loudly, and I was very active on social media, is Felicity and Jordan uh, from the Young Naturist of America. Now, Felicity actually had enough of all this, um, and she's uh, gone on and to have a family, well, Felicity and Jordan, um, but she was the one that was most active on social media. But we still keep in touch, so I caught up with Felicity and asked her to tell her story. Hi, Felicity, it's so good to talk to you again. Hi, yes, good to talk to you. Things have been good, but really busy. Uh, <laughs> like, a bit really busy past two, three years. Um, 
because I had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, he is now almost, he'll be two years old in a few months. Um, and so he's a little toddler that I chase around on a daily basis. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> yeah, we've been renovating our apartment in New York City, um, and that's been keeping us busy. So no nudie world stuff at all? No going to places, beaches? No, I was at Rock Lodge last summer. Because my mom's there, you know, she, of course, she wants to spend time with her grandson. And anything, did you continue with your blog or anything? No, I really haven't. I want to uh, get back into it and, and update it and, and everything. I just, it will be, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so it's going to be easier when my son, um, I think, get him into a kind of program where he's not going to be with me all day. Um, and, yeah, I do plan to, you know revive it <laughs> yeah the uh, jordan's been active at least on instagram oh yeah i know he always does the he loves the instagram <laughs> <laughs> i mean he loves to hate it but <laughs> he usually gets like he's most of the time i think he's shadow banned so um like if you search hashtags that he uses or anything like he won't come up right right well, and that's actually a very good segue because, as you know, we're talking about censorship. Yes. So shadow banning is particularly insidious because you're blocked and you don't even know it. No, I don't know much about it. I mean, it just I'm sure it's like, yo, you violated some rules and now you're shadow banned. But like, it seems like they don't even tell you. Exactly. There's no there's no warning, no announcement, no nothing. It's just even it's so shady. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, you know, I prefer that. I would prefer that to being completely banned from a platform, but to just do it secretly is like WTF. I mean, it's messed up. <laughs> well, you, um, you, you got banned a lot and you got a lot of blocks and you got a lot of things deleted. You had a whole page called shit that got me banned on, was it social media or just Facebook? Um, I had... I had a Tumblr blog uh, just for that, for posting all of the shit that got me banned from Facebook <laughs> and other platforms as well. I mean, I think I had been posting about YouTube on there, uh, wherever else was like censoring me at the time. Yeah, I, I, it's actually, it's still live. I just can, I, I can look at it here. Yeah. And so we'll post a link to it in the show notes. People can go take a look at it. Yeah, I have some sad news about my Vimeo account because I created like, you know, a parody video of like Facebook um, about the stuff that, you know, they they took, they censored me with and I got my video, my Vimeo account was deleted. They removed my account. Wow. Um, not even because of nudity, but because, here, wait, I'm going to like pull up the email so I can tell you exactly uh, what the thing says. It says, uh, my account has been removed for violating our guidelines. Reason is that you cannot upload rips of movies, music, television, viral videos, or any other content that you did not create. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that it must be, be referring to that Facebook video that I created. That's like a look back. It was like a look back at the shit that got me banned. Um 
And I think it's a mistake, really, because I didn't upload, I didn't uh, take Facebook's video and, like, alter it. I, like, created my own video to look like Facebook's video. Well, do you still have the video? I do. It's on a laptop that I need to get fixed, so I do have it. It wasn't completely gone when they removed my account, but I don't know if I could get it my account restored or anything. Oh, no, it's okay. Send me the video. I will post it on the Nature's Living Show servers, which I own and control, and nobody can ever delete it except me. (laughs) Yeah, that's like the only way to keep something up now with with that. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at Vimeo's um, terms and rules about that. And, yeah, it's just very annoying. But um, See, that's the problem, isn't it? You get censored all the time. I do. You do for not violating the rules, but there's no way to debate or argue these mistakes, right? You can't appeal. Right. Have you tried to appeal? On this particular account, no. But No, on any of the bands in the past. Of course. Yeah, of course. Always tried to. And? The ca- no results came of that. I mean, they just... You wouldn't even get an answer. Like... It was the most frustrating process. I mean, there was really, like, in the beginning, there was no appeal. Like, you couldn't even appeal anything. Um, And then they tried, like, I know Facebook tried to put in an appeal option. But it was still, like, just hitting a wall. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, like, I always wrote about, you know, I was writing about censorship and just... It's facing the same problems it always has. Like, it just became too big to actually be monitored. And, you know, of course, they're trying to automate it as much as possible. And when you do that, there's no way that you can really... If a person's not looking at it, you know, a robot cannot detect the historical significance of an image. It doesn't know context it doesn't like you know what i'm saying i mean um it's not gonna take any sort of nuanced view of what you what you're posting it's just uh, automatic and it's just automated you know robot to detect how much skin is in a picture or something uh so it's like a major issue when they just take stuff down and it's and they have these very strict guidelines and it's trying to you know take down anything that might offend somebody um, so I always argue that people the users should have the ability to choose what they do or don't want to see if you yeah like if you want to try to filter out certain things and you know give the person that control Absolutely. So, you know, if you're following young naturists of America, you expect to see nudity and you don't mind. I mean, people may not actually realize nudity from that word. Just people don't even know what naturist is. But, like, it should be, yeah, I mean, it's pretty common sense. Um, If you're going to look at certain pages that you're going to see certain things and like 
I think most people don't care about non-sexual nudity or nude art. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's really you know, like it comes down to the the and the the social networks don't care about that. They just care about advertising and money and <laughs> um, what's ultimately going to profit them the most. So when you were doing this and getting banned, like how often do you think you got banned while you were doing YNA? Oh my God, so many times. I don't know. It was at least every few months I would get banned. And and it would happen too, like for things I'd posted forever ago. I would just suddenly like find something posted back in, you know, two years ago or something. I would get banned for it. Yeah, I just got... Uh... A post deleted on Instagram that it was done eight months ago. Yeah. So how did how did it impact you? Oh, it was so hard. It was so hard to do, you know, to promote our organization and to do the work we were doing. I mean, to reach people, it's so much harder when you can't use social media the way everyone else can. So it very much impacted your ability to run a business or develop an organization of course yeah of course because people will tell you say well come on those are private organizations you have the choice you don't have to use them oh right i know that argument yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it's you have these major websites that if you not, if you don't use them, you're cutting yourself off from from a huge population of people that you could reach. I mean, a business doesn't really have a choice not to be on these sites if they really want to reach people and and do the right marketing and get the word out about them. You know, it's it's really like it's it's just ridiculous to suggest. Oh, just don't. Just don't go use those platforms. Well, and then people will say, well, did you have to post pictures? You knew you weren't supposed to post pictures. Right, right. What's freedom of expression? That's not important. <laughs> what do you need to put, put art on the internet for? We could just post only words and never look at anything again. <laughs> yeah. And what would you say to that? It's ridiculous. Like, we're we're trying to put out a message. We're trying to promote non-sexual nudity. I mean, we're trying to promote our art, like the art projects we collaborated on and, and all these things. And it's so hard to do that without images. And also, like, images attract attention a lot more than just words do. <laughs> yeah, and especially since they seem to give a bias towards that. Like, they they support that. Instagram is essentially a picture medium with some words attached to it, right? With You can't really do it without... Right, and that's why Instagram grew to be such a huge thing. I mean, people love pictures and love sharing pictures. I mean, it's become something that people want to share also, which is like key to social media. So, yeah, I mean, it's integral to using it. Um, we... And, and, you know, there have been, like, ways that naturists have tried to get around. I know you've posted pictures that have been, like, uh, just, 
you turn it into like kind of a painting looking image, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and there were things we would try to do to, I mean, I hate it. I hated censoring my own pictures. I hated it. <laughs> I was like, really teetered on okay i'd rather really not even post this at all than to take a freaking dot and put it over a nipple or <laughs> cleverly try to you know and and it came to the point where we were taking specific photos with the intent of okay this is going to be something that we'll be able to post on facebook and instagram and i never liked that either i mean I wanted to be able to put everything on there and not just the sanitized version of something or um, just a hint of something. And, and you know, like we've talked about it before, that hiding the nudity and sort of um, blocking out certain parts, it just makes it, it just does the opposite of what we're trying to promote like you know the idea of nudity being normal and not something you need to to censor or cover up and these are not like dirty parts that you know we're not supposed to look at so so what can we do uh i don't know stefan <laughs> <laughs> i i haven't really i seriously really haven't even been on facebook uh much or posting and um, it's crazy. The last thing I got banned for, I was actually like mocking uh, something from social media where, I, you know, I'd get like these crazy messages from weirdos and uh, they would just send me weird. And I, and I posted on Facebook, like just mocking it. And it was like some guy mentioning sex, of course, you know, something dumb and weird. And I got banned for that. <laughs> It was just some automated, like, oh, look. And I was reposting his message in order to be like, hey, look, this is how you shouldn't message a dangerous organization. And and I got banned for that. I got, you know, punished for that. Well, the, the, the one I was deleted uh, from eight months ago was for promoting adult sexual encounters or something. And the topic was about how people, naturists were gathering online, right? Having online video chats. That's what it was about. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I suppose if you think looking at each other naked through video online is sexual, which I guess some people do, that would qualify, I guess. But again, you can't, there's no explanation. There's like a general Here's why you're banned, or here's why you've lost your post, and don't talk to us. We'll call you. Right. Oh man. We have a we had a Facebook group. I still have it, like a Facebook group for the longest time, too. Um, was another way for us to you know have a community online, and and there we had to really heavily like regulate what people would share and try to figure out what we could and couldn't allow just so that the group would not get shut down um but it definitely seemed like that content in the group too was being monitored and you have people you know they're joining a group it clearly says there's going to be nudity in this group probably like don't join it if you don't want to see that you're like opting in really opt in you know if you join a group 
Oh, Big Brother Facebook knows, though, what you really want to see and what you don't want to see. You know, they've admitted that they monitor uh, messenger contents, like private messages. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'll send a link to the uh, article there where they admit that. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) The privacy. I'm I'm so, like, I just get into these... um, I I start thinking about it and I just like my head explodes like I'm trying to get a new weather app on my phone and I'm like how do I get a weather app that's not tracking me and then selling my information (laughs) (laughs) like I don't think there is one like it's 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 just everything is just being you know tracking us and just there is like no privacy anymore um, unless you really look into it and you really like go deep dive into your settings and apps and everything you're using, just a side rant. I was just <laughs> checking into that today again with my phone and yeah. But I mean, I think you know Facebook keeps trying to um, change things and kind of improve things with how they take stuff down or don't take stuff down because uh, there's always you know the criticism about that with what they remove and occasionally I mean still I'm sure there's every once in a while there's they remove something that they really shouldn't have and it was done to like a major organization or Happened to someone and a journalist hears about, you know, wants to write about it. So it gets to the media and then, you know, Facebook has to deal with that. And, oh, we made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, meanwhile, they're making that mistake millions of times a month or a day with users all the time. I think the only solution is uh, government regulation. Yeah, Um, probably, yeah. Because otherwise they can do things, but they have no standard, right? We talked about there's no appeal process. There's no consistency in how they apply their own rules. Uh, that, that wouldn't be allowed if it was regulated. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, they're still their own comp. I mean, they're still like a private company. I mean, a public company, whatever, but... Um, yeah, but they have become... A public space, as you said earlier in this interview, you cannot exist without them. So they are controlling. Imagine if we had a private company. Well, we do. We have private companies that maintain the highways, for example, right? Mm. But there are highways because there's no other way to get around. Right. So you have to have some control over things that become de facto public places, which what this they congratulations to them. They've created the only places we can go online and promote ourselves. But there's a price for having that much control. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess it would become a question then of uh what companies would be subject to such regulation. And what wouldn't, but it seems like for the major ones, for sure, like, that's a solution. (laughs) Hey, as a private company uh, at Bear Oaks, I have a restaurant, but there are rules 
about first who I can serve. I can't say, no, I don't want to serve people of certain colors or religion. And also there are rules that I have to keep things clean and I can't poison my guests. But I am a private company. Right, right. Yeah, no, I I see your point. Um, and I don't know if that's ever really going to happen. Of course, they would fight against that tooth and nail. I mean... <laughs> Maybe, or maybe they wouldn't because it's a nightmare for them now and it would become the government's responsibility. Yeah. Would it Would it for sure improve, though, under the government regulation? I mean... Uh, probably in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no, as every, everything we do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it really is a difficult problem. I mean... Even as I say, okay, like give the user the the control, right? Um, then there's still a matter of like, okay, you have to be able to, you still have to be able to categorize content in order to filter out certain things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I also think that, you know, Facebook has these moderators and I don't know if you could pay someone enough to like review the things that they have to look at. Right. And, um, you know, the terrible, like nightmarish. But they stuff. do. They do that now. Right. Um, and I think those people, I'm sure, are under, still underpaid for that job. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they need to hire a lot more of them. And, you know, not like they don't have. I mean, I, I'm. I do say, you know, okay, it's a difficult problem, but you know what? They have the money and they have the ability to like develop this technology. They just, I really, I do think they also just choose not to. The uh, other person that was really hurt recently is uh, Hector Martinez. Hector Martinez uh, from Mexico. He had a very active and very popular YouTube channel. He was doing a great job. Hector really gets it. He was really spreading the idea out there of naturism and trying to normalize nudity. But he lost it all. So Hector, how lovely to speak with you again. How are you? I'm doing great, Stefan. Thank you for having me on the show today. But... You had such a wonderful YouTube channel. I miss it. Did you did you shut it down? No. Unfortunately, one day to my surprise, I woke up to a closed YouTube channel. Had you been getting warnings or threats? Well, it's funny because since I started my channel, I was frequently censored by YouTube. They had a problem with the content that I was producing, so I got really... Um, I spent a lot of time reading the community guidelines, and I noticed that there was four exceptions uh, to share nudity in their platform. One had to do with documentary purposes, which was my main focus. There was also artistic, there was medical, and um, I don't remember what the fourth one was. But I was always making sure that all the content that I was producing was within those limits, and most of the content that I produced was documenting different events, travel, things like that that were related to the naturist lifestyle. 
And I'm assuming you, you, you said you selected that, but did you ever get to argue that or have that discussion with them? Yes. It was very common for me to upload a video and they would uh, take it down and I would go through their appeal process. And during the appeal process, I would explain to them why the content I was sharing online on their platform met their community guidelines. And it seemed to be a little bit funny the way that it worked, because it seems like there's an artificial intelligence element that detects it. But whenever you appeal it, a human actually reviews it. So it seems that the artificial intelligence doesn't understand context. But when an actual human being reads the reply and also sees the content, um, it's generally approved because it does fall within their community guidelines. So generally, when you appeal, they agreed with you and the video came back? I would say 99% of the time, the only time that they disagreed with me was the last time that I uploaded a video, which was a interview. I noticed that it was fine when I was uploading videos of events and things that were going on. But sometimes when I had an interview format, when I was talking to someone about something that they were doing nature's related, the fact that we were just sitting down talking naked seemed to upset the algorithm, especially. Um, and it was very funny because that last time I went through the appeal process, they returned the video, but an hour or two later, my entire channel was just wiped out. So there was really no reason for you to think that you would lose your channel since every time you appeal, they agreed with you. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I never... I don't know. It was it was funny because I, I thought that it would eventually happen just because I'm so used to being censored on so many different social media networks that the fact that YouTube was an exception just felt, I don't know, it just felt so great to be true. Um, and that sadly turned out to be what happened at the end. But I, I always made sure that I fell within those community guidelines um, in order to avoid being taken down because at the end of the day what we wanted to accomplish was to normalize um, human body and social nudity so it really made no sense wanting to go against their community guidelines just for the sake of doing it so what how, how did it feel what, what was your reaction when it happened uh, i think i was there was a part of me that was shocked just because of how easy it is for a social media network to just eliminate years of work, effort, resources, time, investment, just everything that goes into creating the content. Um, so that made me feel a little bit shocked. But there was a certain aspect of, of me that kind of already expected this to happen. So it wasn't really an actual surprise. Um, I don't know. It was just—it was like a numbing feeling. Um, I knew that I had to move on from there because, I mean, I was planning on appealing the channel process and everything, but I just there—I didn't really think that it was going to work. And it took the appeal process took about six months to get a reply. And I think a lot of it is related to the COVID nineteen pandemic because before this pandemic, they had apparently enough human resources to actually review the disputes but after that i think they heavily depended on artificial intelligence and everything was just automated 
um, because it is a massive platform and it does receive hundreds of thousands of videos on a daily basis. So probably maintaining a workforce that is capable of reviewing all that content um, is a challenge. So it sounds like you sympathize with them. Not necessarily, but um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes thing good things come out of bad situations. I try to understand um, more of the wider picture. And because of that, I was able to transition a little more actively into Twitter, which I've had a really hard time growing the platform to the numbers that I had before. But I've had the pleasant surprise that on this platform specifically, there's much more engagement. But the same thing that happened to YouTube, to my YouTube channel, can happen to my Twitter account and any other platform. It seems that this tendency of censoring, um, you know, voices that are trying to push different ideas that are not the ideas of the establishment is more and more common as time goes by. So I don't know, I'm a little afraid that this might not be the last time that I have to go through the situation. So your, your, uh, how many followers did you have on your YouTube account? I had 1.3 million followers and over 200 million views. That is massive, isn't it? Uh, now, any f- content creator with that many followers would normally be making a lot of money. Were you? No, no. It's, it's actually curious that uh, for me, having 18,000 followers on Twitter it might be a bit better uh, than having 1.3 million followers on YouTube because because of the nature of the content, it was just so impossible to monetize it. If I was comparing my channel with any other channel that promoted that didn't promote anything that was um, unconventional, I would be making maybe about two to four dollars for every thousand views. If it was just two dollars for times that, um, or if we divided by 200 million views, that's over two hundred thousand dollars. So I could have potentially made a lot of money from the content. But my goal was never to be rich from the content. It was more to liberate people from, you know, all the stigma and taboo that we have associated to the body. Yes, but you spend a lot of time doing that. Um, there are expenses to a certain extent involved, and you have to you have to live. So it's there's nothing wrong with people helping you financially with that or making money if there's uh, advertising being run against it. I agree. Yes, I agree. But I mean, as I mentioned, for me, I was I was more than happy just being able to share the content on the platform. I thought that, you know, maybe monetizing it, which could be, I mean, now that I'm saying it, it might be a mistake on my part, but I thought that maybe the idea of monetizing was just asking for too much. <laughs> but you're right. Like there's there's nothing wrong with the content that I was producing and there's actually no real justification for why I couldn't have monetized that. But fortunately, I was able to transition to Patreon um, early within the channel, and that allowed the people that um, empathize or sympathize with the content that I was creating to be supporting of, of the work that I do. And because of their support, I've been able to continue to do this despite you know being taken down from my main source of, of traffic, which was YouTube. You say that maybe it was expecting too much to make money, but... If you were singing songs and playing guitar and had 1.3 million followers, uh, you would not 
even question whether you're entitled to that money. Or if you were, you know, doing funny videos or telling jokes, um, why do you, why would you expect any less? I think you're right. The idea of, of expecting any less is probably something that a lot of naturists eventually fall into that mentality because we are so accustomed of, to, of being an outcast community that sometimes we feel like just allowing us to exist is more than enough. But you're right. It, we shouldn't conform with just being able to share our content. We, we There's no reason why we can't have the same benefits and be a part of the same model as other creators or, or other communities in general, because you know, we're, we're producing value at the end of the day, we're liberating people. But I also come to the conclusion that maybe people don't like, or companies don't like body acceptance because it's free and it's really hard to make money when you don't have to create necessities in order for people to spend money. Um, I mean, you can travel, vacation and other services, but there's just so much more you can sell to someone who feels dissatisfied with themselves than someone that feels happy and, and liberated and empowered. No, that's true. Uh, but some, you know, sometimes I think that we naturists this way sound a bit like abused spouses, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know he beats me all the time, but he brought me flowers, so I feel grateful. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I completely agree. So, so what do you think is the solution? How, uh, if you, we could do anything, let's say government comes to you or something or private sector says, Hector, you're right, this is wrong. How do we fix this? Because we still don't want to have porn on social media. Well, I think the solution, the most practical solution is to try to treat adults like adults and children like children. The problem with social media is that they're trying to treat everyone like children. And I understand that there's dangers to exposing children to a lot of content that could be mentally harmful if they're not in the mental capacity or the maturity in order to consume that. But I do feel that adults should have the option to consume the type of content that they want. And I think, for example, Twitter has a relatively good strategy. The moment that you're setting up the settings of your account, you can choose whether the content that you're following or that you're uploading to the platform is sensitive in nature. And if you have that activated, it will only share that content with people who have um, accepted to consume sensitive content. And maybe, you know, anyone could do that. And, and that doesn't protect children because they could wave through that. But also Facebook has another strategy that allows people to upload ID in order to avoid impersonation. So if you put those two systems together, adults can confirm that they are overage and they can confirm what type of content they want to consume versus the platform um, choosing what content adults have access to. And one of the most vocals person and most frustrated, and you've heard her several times on this show as well, uh, is Cleo from Topless Topics. She, she, I'm surprised that she hasn't given up. She keeps fighting. She keeps bringing it back. She is one of the most um, stubborn in a good way. The most uh, stubborn is a negative word, uh, the most... Uh, determined 
person uh, when it comes to getting that. And all she does is talk about things top free, usually things that are unrelated to even naturism. She just talks without a shirt, something with which I could do without any problems, but gets her banned, gets her feeds deleted. All right. So, yeah, we're talking about censorship. And I think you've had some experience with that. <laughs> well, in fact, you... you have a you have a page, right? You have a page on your website that's every time you've been banned, and I bet oh, you yeah. it's not even up to date. Yeah, I oh, know, I know. I have to uh I have to add a lot more screenshots from my phone. I actually got just another one banned again today. Another fresh one on in, Instagram. Um, so I mean, is that it? We're jumping right into it. You don't want me to yep. <laughs> introduce No, that's, that's it. But yeah, I, uh, I just got a fresh one banned today. So uh, yes, I have a website or I have a page on the website. This is tapastapas.org slash banned. And I have it like it auto completes as soon as I start typing it in because I reference it so often. And I still need to organize it by like platform and stuff like that more. But basically, it's just a dump of screenshots of all the times I've been banned on every single platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Periscope, which is interesting because when they first started out and Periscope is Twitch, Twitter's like live streaming platform, I sent them an email and I said, hey, you know, I'm a free the nipple activist and this is what I do, blah, blah, blah. Do you support that? And they emailed me back and said, yes, we support that. You know, more power to you. We won't ban you, blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, a couple of months later, they started getting more popular and they banned me. So, yeah. <laughs> so people will tell you, and I'm sure they have, that mm -hmm. you can put nudity on Twitter. Yep. How did you get banned? Um, my profile pic. Um, so I, uh, so they say that, you know, basically in the, the tweets themselves, you can post whatever you want. Um, that also I have. Uh, some stories to share to share but uh so my profile picture I don't even remember what it was the first time they banned but uh I don't think there was even any female nipple visible in it I think it was like implied or whatever and they banned that one a while ago and then I changed it to something else I don't remember what it was and then I had this really cute picture where my now two-year-old was breastfeeding and you know so he's attached to one nipple the other nipple was hidden inside my shirt and I just thought it was a really cute picture and I had it for a while and then there was some guy on Twitter who uh, his profile picture was him cosplaying as Catwoman and the only thing I think is interesting about that is that it's like a very sexual pose or whatever in his in his thing and he said something I don't know he said one of those you know I like what you do by the way great tits kind of comments to me and I you know was like hey that kind of defeats the purpose you know blah 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 and he got super mad and went on this whole tirade about how CPS should take my children away because I was I was abusing them by being a free the nipple model or not model activist um, and all this other stuff. I don't know. But all of a sudden, as soon as that happened, um, Twitter suspended my account again and I left it suspended for a while. Like I let them delete the whatever. And then I replaced it with a picture where it's instead of female nipples, I have guns um, hiding my nipples. And that's been my <laughs> profile picture without a problem for over a year. So... <laughs> Yep, and, and and YouTube apparently you're supposed to be able to oh. have nudity on YouTube, right? I don't know. People keep saying that to me, but I 
I'm a special case. It seems like uh, the going theory between uh, even among my followers, not just me, but my followers say like, it seems like there's some kind of hate brigade or something that reports, follows me and reports me because even on YouTube and everything like that, I will make a brand new account twice now. I've had uh, YouTube accounts banned mid live stream and they weren't the main YouTube account because I've gotten a lot more, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But one of them, it was an unlisted stream. So only people who had the direct link could even watch. I was editing pictures from a artistic nude photo shoot that I did because I have bills to pay and idealism doesn't pay the bills. Um, and they're, they're very tasteful. Like it's, you know, I don't know why I'm making hand gestures as audio only, but <laughs> they're very <laughs> like, you know, I was going for sort of a Grecian goddess kind of aesthetic but anyway i was editing pictures of it and talking because i was live streaming while i did it and they deleted the stream midstream obviously saying it was porn um and then there was another live stream i was doing that was also another account and that one they banned midstream and i wasn't showing anything all i was doing was reading hate mail that i gotten from youtube reading it aloud and it got banned midstream <laughs> and i just i'm i'm just amazed and baffled um but yeah i you know about Two or three years ago, um, I decided to stop putting new videos on the Topless Topics TV main account because I I'm, use that email a lot too, and I'm just really nervous about losing access to that. So I made a new one, Topless Topics Show, but I can't get people to go to it. So I've kind of just, I still upload stuff to the channels, but when I upload to um, Topless Topics TV, I have this gigantic box that literally covers my entire body from chin down. Which I've also had pictures like that banned on Instagram and Facebook. Literally, it's 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 astounding. But anyway, yeah, I just I've been banned multiple times on YouTube even, and it it just infuriates me. It's hard not to feel jealous when I see certain other you know naturism activists or whatever they want to call themselves women who post to these same platforms and post the barest barest amount of censorship to their you know, just their nipples and somehow they're fine while I'm, I'm getting banned with, you know, b big gradient colored blocks covering my whole body. And on YouTube, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to be doing an interview with the, the creator of this uh, YouTube channel quick uh, soon. He was linked to me by one of my followers who thought that he had actually kind of stolen my idea because it's called normalizing nudity on YouTube. And I guess it was just a happy coincidence that we, you know, both happened to be fighting for a similar cause, but his videos are fully naked and uncensored on YouTube. I, th and I think though, that obviously <laughs> they, that there's a different, there's a different list. Like you, you, you get flagged or something, mm -hmm. right? But I mean, that's what and, I'm saying. And, even the accounts that like the unlisted one and everything, like those were completely separate accounts. So Without with even a different topless. email address, so yeah, they wouldn't yeah. even know it's you. Yeah, so I don't know. I that's that's what you know. It sounds very conspiratorial, but the only thing we can think of is that there is literally a group or several people that you know. As soon as I let people know about a new account, suddenly that new account gets uh, blocked. Like I made a new Instagram about a week ago, and I haven't really shared the link to anybody, um, and it even has topless topics. Um, it was sort of an experiment, and I posted a thumb thumbnail of a new episode of an of a video. Put in. I did what the, these other nutrists do, who get away with it, where I only tiny bit of mosaic right over the nipples themselves, and it's been like three days, and that picture hasn't been taken down. And yet, on my main topless topics Instagram, again this morning, I had another 
picture that already had big blocks hiding my body taken down as adult solicitation and pornography. So and so just and just for the record, <laughs> you've not done any pornography, right? None nope. of the you do it. No, nope. you've never done any hardcore or softcore porn nope. or molestation of anybody. Nope. So well, and see, the thing is, the whole thing that I'm fighting against because. Well, I am a naturist, a nudist, whatever you want to say, and I definitely support full body nudity not being sexual. My main focus, hence the name of my content, Topless Topics, is just wanting the same rights for everybody regardless regardless of gender. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if 2021 could be the year where we stop giving, you know, people that look male rights that the rest of us don't get? Um, and that's yeah. it. Like, even all these platforms, YouTube and everything, I, I don't think I've ever put a full naked, even tried to put a full naked but also censored video on YouTube, just topless ones. And even already censored topless ones get taken down from me. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't, so I don't I, do anything sexual. Like I'm just sitting there on the, the, you know, bed, bed talking about potty training my kids or reviewing a video game I played or whatever. I'm never touching my boobs. I'm never, you know, making obscene gestures. I'm never doing anything like that. I'm literally just sitting there talking. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the, what the rules are there, and it's impossible for you to know what the rules are. Is what you're saying? You don't. There's published rules, which I'm sure you've read. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think it's very arbitrary. Um, I think it's sort of a, a reflection of like anti-loitering laws. You know, where someone you don't like is near your business, and you can just call the cops and be like, "Oh, they're loitering." But if it's someone you don't mind, then you don't say anything and everything's fine. I feel like that's how kind of YouTube and everything is, is they have these very vague guidelines that can basically be applied any way that they want. Of course, then you have stuff like Facebook where they literally say in their terms of service, no female nipples. And no, like, I, I don't know if they changed it at this point, but I know years ago there was a big expose on how their internal guidelines literally say, quote, no camel toe. Which is a very sex, you know, sexist sexual term to the female anatomy being visible, you know, the outline sure. being visible through pants or whatever, and like just the, the the amount of detail to describing female body parts, and you know, I'm saying female, not woman, because ge you know, gender is a spectrum and everything like that. I'm talking from the algorithmic perspective of looking female gets less rights than looking male. Sure, it's probably and then, of okay course, for me to have nobody's a... allowed. I'm, yeah, I'm probably allowed to have like a, a, a speedo bang suit where, you know, you can see uh, grapes and, and a banana kind of thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to camel toe. Camel toe is bad, but grapes and the bananas are okay or whatever you would want to call the male equivalent. Or uh, David, Bowie's, David Bowie's infamous cod piece in Labyrinth. Yes. <laughs> so have you ever tried to get an explanation, argue with anybody, or talk to a human being? Uh, I mean, I've sent in appeals um, every time something gets banned. Instagram's appeal now is just a single button press, and there's no, like, you don't get to type in anything or whatever. Um, and I, I've gotten, like, two posts reinstated, maybe, out of, like, 100 <laughs> or so. Um, and sometimes they'll be so nice to write back and just be like, we reviewed your application, you know, your, your, uh, objection and we decided to keep it in place. And I got one of those literally like five seconds after I had submitted an approval or, uh, not approval, but 
you know, appeal? To, to rethink their decision. Yeah. So, appeal. There you go. Sorry, words. Um, so I don't think that was actually looked at by a real person. Um, and then on YouTube as well, you know, every time they block or ban a video, I um, I tried writing an appeal and they almost always are just like, nah, we kept it. It kept it, words. Um, and uh, the thing about YouTube that makes me very nervous is that there are three strikes you're out. And just as all these platforms, you can have something up for years and then out of nowhere, they'll decide, oh, we're going to delete this and ban it, you know, whatever. And so YouTube, you know, I, I am so envious of these creators who don't have to operate under the threat of Damocles Nightfall or sword at all times where you never know, you know, you, you've, you trigger the wrong person or something and they're going to go through your YouTube history and report every video and, you know, some algorithm says, oh, okay, blocks it and there goes your entire channel. And that's why, you know, like I said, I have all these different, different channels. So when one gets banned, hopefully they don't all go down with them. But it's a lot of work to try to get people to go to these different platforms. And, you know, there's always the chance that the YouTube gods will be incensed enough that they'll look for all your, <laughs> all your stuff, whether IP, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I've tried to get clarification. And um, basically, you don't get a live person. You have to be super famous to get a live person. And sometimes even then, um, there was a thing on YouTube. Oh, I can't remember what it was called. Some hashtag. But basically, it was a bunch of YouTubers, like video, you know, movie reviewers and stuff like that, who will use segments of something while they're doing a review. And that falls under fair use. And I know a lot of people throw around fair use on YouTube thinking it covers literally everything. It doesn't. But these people were very strictly adhering to the legal premise of fair use and YouTube was still taking their stuff down because, you know, the, the, the studio behind a movie that was really awful would complain about people, um, you know, not saying nice things about their movie. So YouTube would take it down. So it was this sort of like mini movement where even big YouTube channels were talking about this. And I don't know actually if it got resolved. I don't know if it actually changed anything, but it was just, it was interesting to see even big channels having to deal with stuff like this. So it was a little bit, it was a little encouraging and yet at the same time, very frustrating that you have to be famous to even have a chance of hearing from a live person. <laughs> I've, uh, I've had a, uh, on Facebook, a block for sharing a picture and a post from some, a famous person who, which had some suggestive nudity. I got a, whatever it was, a one week banner or whatever. But that post stayed up. The original post stayed up. But I got the ban for sharing it. I mean, it, it, it. I feel that way when I go to like YouTube's homepage or whatever, and there's, you know, music videos with like nipple tassels and deep throating bananas and stuff like that. And that's front page. That's, you know, being advertised to millions of people. But I can't just sit there without a shirt or I'm banned as porn. It is infuriating. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel? How does this feel every time it happens? How do you feel? You would think by now that I would be used to it. And in some ways I am. But it's still... It still feels like a rug being pulled out underneath me. I often say to uh, to followers and stuff that the haters and the stuff they don't really bother me because that most of that isn't about me. You know, they're saying that to everybody. It's not a personal attack. 
But what really gets me down is putting all this work into a platform and, you know, people say, well, why did you just use a different platform? They all, they all ban female nipples. All the ones that aren't, you know, anything goes, including, you know, white supremacy and, and hardcore porn. Anything that has some level of moderation does not allow female nipples. But uh, the thing I say to them is that the haters don't bother me. What really bothers me are when the websites will suddenly delete my comment content. And it's just like, hey, actually, you're not a person. We don't care how many hours and, you know, literal years of life you put into this content. We don't care, you know, how how much you try to make it decent and educational and, you know, have a purpose besides just serving for people's, you know fat material. Like, there's plenty of that on the internet already. I'm not interested in, in just adding to that pile. Um, and the, the analogy I came up with um, is that it's sort of like I'm treading water and, you know, I sort of have my head above the water. I'm just swimming, swimming, swimming. And every time YouTube or Facebook or whatever, you know, hits me with another band, it's sort of like they're just holding my head underwater for a couple seconds. You know, just just hold me underwater for a couple seconds. Just drown, drown, drown. You know, and one of these days, you know, uh, YouTube's going to delete my entire existence or, you know, something like that. And that's basically <laughs> going to be like, you know, not just briefly holding my head underwater. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, it feels like a betrayal, um, which is stupid because, you know, obviously. Obviously, you know, YouTube and stuff are, are completely soulless enterprises anyway. Um, I have been on there since the first year of YouTube's existence. And so I've seen it grow into this monolith. And there will always be a part of me that, you know, misses the days of yore when it really was by creators for creators. Um, but it, it is, it's, it's a microcosm of the whole, you know, rules don't apply to rich people and famous people. Same thing on YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that. If you've got the money and the fame, you can post whatever you want. You can post, you know, disinformation that's turning people away from life-saving, um, you know, medical treatments and stuff because you're handing over enough money, but you can't, you know, make a post with even even censored female nipples <laughs> or it gets banned. <sighs> Sorry, I always get really, like, angry about this, but it's just really frustrating. You actually sound a lot more calm um oh well then i would because <laughs> I, I, i've got to tell you that um i i get anxiety like i don't know if you've mm -hmm. noticed but on facebook when you get a ban often it logs you out so you have to log back in so they can slap you this this war this thing that you have now been banned mm -hmm. and every now and then of course you get logged out anyway right because it's a security thing and so whenever my phone is, I go to Facebook on my phone and I'm, I'm logged out, I'm going, ah, oh, jeez. And there's this anxiety. So I have that feeling. So I use, I used to use Hootsuite and now I use Sendable to uh, schedule posts just so it takes a little bit of the work off of me because, you know, I am a stay-at-home mom and I only have so much time to work on this stuff. And that is the same thing for me. When I get a could-not-be-delivered message through Sendable, I know it's because they got a fresh Instagram ban. Like again, this morning, you know, message could not be delivered. I log in Instagram. We've removed this post, blah, blah, blah. So I have the exact same feeling. And the only advice I can give is, like I said, don't put all your eggs in one basket and basically operate with the belief that you will get banned at any moment. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's like my life motto is hope for the best, expect the worst. And uh, that really is true on website because 
you do not matter. You are not, you know, however much work and time or whatever you put into your content, it literally doesn't matter. They can delete your entire existence with the click of a button. And that's why I think you have to really, you know, if you're trying to cause, I mean, if you're trying to make a difference, if you're trying to change people's hearts and minds, you have to connect with people on an individual basis so that you can, you know, convince them to go to a new platform. If it's literally just people one stop, they come watch the video and leave, you know, there's no, there's not going to be any way to convince them, hey, I got banned. Can you come to this other channel now? (laughs) And, you know, it's, it is a lot of work and it's very difficult and you're going to, you know, run into a lot of trolls and people that yell at you for not activisming the way they want you to activism. But, you know, that's the only solace is that these websites might, you know, you're not a person to these websites, but to the other people who use that same site, you can be a person and you can be worth the extra effort of following to a different account. <laughs> do, you, do you know why YouTube banning you is particularly ironic? Do you, do you know? Uh, because you can find full-on porn on YouTube. Well, besides that, do you know <laughs> why? What was the motivation behind the birth of YouTube? Oh yeah, yeah. YouTube was uh, founded because the guys who started it were having a hard time finding videos of Janet Jackson Jackson's nip slip during a uh, halftime show, and I, you know, that's basically the start of it. And of course, Facebook was started to to rate the hotness of, of yeah. female coeds at at the universities, and like. That's what's hilarious about these websites is, you know, I get so enraged whenever Women's uh, Equality Day rolls around and all these websites are like, we support women. Like, no, you don't. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. So what's what what would you like the solution to be? I mean, surely you don't Um, actually you, you agree that some censorship has to happen. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, no secrets, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm, I consider myself pretty progressive. And I think it's hilarious that, you know, right now, the conservatives are going, we're being silenced. And it's like, you've had the mainstream run of it for, you know, there's, there's so many people on YouTube who have literally made millions of dollars off of advertising merchant, you know, merchant stuff like that for their content simply because, you know, they're not visually doing something against the rules. It doesn't matter what's coming out of their mouth. Whereas I'm on the opposite side. It doesn't matter what comes out of my life. My mouth, I could just be sitting there being like, love once another, you know, love each other and pet a kitten. But because of what I look like, I'm going to get banned. And I think ideally we need to kind of re readdress priorities um you know what's the harm in someone seeing a woman without a shirt talking about potty training her four-year-old versus what's the harm of a clothed guy you know saying that mass shootings were a liberal hoax like (laughs) who is who is being harmed by the the material that you're censoring or not censoring and Again, it just it blows my mind that these places pretend to support women, but only if, you know, we stay within this very limited box of where they're allowed to use our bodies to sell, you know, hot rods and Victoria's Secret, you know, whatever. But we can't sit there, you know, nursing our baby, which is what breasts are for, (laughs) without having people, you know, want to call the cops on us for causing a public scene. And it's just what? 
Well, yeah, but the uh, argument that they would give you is that, you know, we have these community standards because your nipples are very upsetting to people. That's not our fault. That's society. Yeah. What do you want us to do, Cleo? Oh, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. So there's this lovely, not Catch-22, but there's this sort of cyclical thing where it's like, well, they ban nipples because nipples are banned in legislation, but legislation bans nipples because that's what people want. But people want it because that's what they're reinforcing each other on social media. Like, you're never going to get... Uh, you're never going to progress as a society if all we're doing is pointing at someone else and saying, well, they don't believe it yet. Therefore, you know, we can't try. And that's going to be, I, I'm definitely not like putting myself on par with, you know, fighting for racial injustice and stuff. Well, I do try to talk about that stuff in my videos, but I'm saying every piece of progress that happens has to kind of rock the boat, has to piss people off because if it was something that was easily acceptable, then it's not, you know, there wouldn't be a fight in the first place. It would just happen. <laughs> if, if it's meeting, um, if it's meeting obstruction by the powers that be, I think that that really kind of highlights that that's why you need to fight for it. That's why you need to get people to readdress their, you know, whatever it is that they just quietly accept without even challenging it, which to me, again, you know, for all the progress we've made and admitted we have a long, long, long way to go. So by by all means, I am not, you know, like, oh, racism is over. No, 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 no. Huge, huge, huge problem. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is that, uh, hold on, <laughs> I, got, I got away from myself. Um, my, my, my hope is that if we can get past this censorship bubble to get people to even think about the fact that it doesn't make sense to be giving different rights to people based on whether an algorithm thinks they're male or female, then we can start addressing, you know, a lot of other biases and stuff. And I, and I do admit that I kind I don't know how to put this without sounding really yucky, but I, I understand the clickbait nature of my chest. And that's partly why I do try to talk about stuff that matters to me. Like when I did have one of my um, one of my longtime followers who is a black man, you know, we did an interview where I was asking him about his impressions of the of the BLM protest and everything like that. And you know, it's sort of getting people if they're gonna click and look for content like mine anyway, I might as well, you know, trick them into accidentally <laughs> accidentally learning about something about the world. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I could live in a world where it wasn't uh, controversial for me to have a shirt off just like my husband, that would be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> well, it's a catch-22, right? You, the, yeah. the reason it's clickbait is because they've made it and the society's made it into clickbait. And the more you make it a yep. forbidden thing, the more it becomes clickbait and it's sexualized. Yep. But it's also to me that the, the, the idea of community standards is whose community? Because I live in mm -hmm. a place where women can walk around top free all they want. And it's perfectly legal. Mm -hmm. And I can see it mm -hmm. on the street, but I can't yeah. see it on social media. But if you, and, and then they yeah. say, well, yeah, but some places are more sensitive. Okay, well, then you shouldn't show even a woman in a bathing suit because your, your, <laughs> yeah. some of the folks in the Middle East are going to be really upset by that. So yeah. how do you do that, right? Well, that's, I mean, that's why it is important to have a lot more diversity in your company structure and in who makes your guidelines or whatever, because, you know, going back to racism, there is a lot of implicit bias, you know, 
being racist doesn't mean you have to jump all the way to, you know, throwing out racial epithets and everything. It can be a very subtle thing where it's just you have two equally qualified people for a job, but because of internal biases, you gravitate towards the person who's your same race. And you see the same thing a lot in tech companies, both racially and, you know, gender-wise, sexuality-wise, because so many of them are straight, cis, white men, they have a different viewpoint on what is, you know, societally acceptable or not. And so, and it's not even like necessarily malicious. It literally is just, we are all products of our environment. We are all products of our worldview and the experiences we've had. And so the only way to really make sure that your company and your guidelines include different viewpoints is if you have people with those different viewpoints on your staff, you know, it can't be filtered down where it's like, well, my, you know, my whatever friend said that this is how she'd like, you know, the website to be, you have to actually hire that friend. And that's why it's nice when I hear about new movies or something like, for instance, when Frozen 2 came out, I remember reading a while ago, how the movie makers actually communicated with the, I, I forget what they're called, but they're basically the native tribes of Norway, um, to make sure that they weren't, you know, stereotyping them or like, kind of you know cultural appropriation like they were actually giving a fair representation to them and i would like to see that happen more in tech companies and i and it's not necessarily exactly related to censorship but one of the things i'm looking forward to in the future is seeing some real repercussions against what they have decided to flourish and what they've decided to block because you know we've tried the experiment where they've uh, where they've blocked female nipples, but let you know conspiracy theorists and and white nationalists run amok. And I don't know about you, but I don't think it's turned out so great. So maybe we can try the opposite side, you know, block some Nazis and allow some nipples. I mean, crazy thought, right? <laughs> so 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 what can we do? What can I do? What can you do? What can the person listening do? <sighs> um, be outspoken about it. Um. You know, I I try to, (laughs) is there anyone out there? Um, I, I try to make it clear that I understand that I am very privileged in that, you know, first of all, my professional work, I'm working remotely and I can kind of, if someone decides they don't want to work with me, I can just pick a different client because I'm a graphic designer. And also, you know, my parents know what I do. My mom's only concern is like, oh, you know, the internet will, if they'll Google you, they'll find your videos. Like, okay, like (laughs) whatever. I'm not doing anything I'm ashamed of. My husband doesn't care. My kids, you know, well, they might have their own opinions, but right now they're too young. Um, But a lot of people don't have that uh, privilege. You know, they have uh, a real chance of being ostracized by family or losing their jobs or whatever. So in that case, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to lose their job over, you know, fighting for both topics of quality and normalizing nudity as a whole. But, you know, there are ways you can you can help. You can always make an anonymous account and just use that to kind of amplify the voices that you support. Um, I started a thing on my website where I put tapastops.org slash how to help. And I made this little guide for how you can download a picture and post about, you know, my or whoever's content on social media, but you make it a totally original post. Because the thing is, if you just share my post or retweet my post or whatever, if I get blocked, then the whole post gets, you know, taken down. So if people make an original post, then, you know, mm-hmm. it'll stay up even if my content gets taken down. Um, and, you know, I, I always want to encourage other people to 
make their own content. Like I said, as long as they're, you know, in a position where they're not gonna get booted from half their family or whatever. Like I happen to not really care about any of my extended family, but you know, I wouldn't want someone to, to, to not be able to feel safe in their own family. But like I said, you can do it anonymously or, you know, just, just, just share other people's content if you can't make your own, because, you know, for my stuff, even when I'm not outright banned, um, I'm hidden from search results. Um, like, Twitter, for instance, I don't like using the Twitter app instead of going to the the page because mine is bugged where it doesn't matter, you know, how many times I say show me sensitive media every time I post uh, if, if I post my own picture or if I, you know, share a tweet, like even a retweet of somebody else or I use a GIF that is uploaded, you know, that I'm just finding in Twitter, it will say hide sensitive media. And it's always just a slap in the face. Like I'll, I'll post a cute picture of a cat and then I open up the post and it's like hidden sensitive media. And it's just this slap that, you know, because Twitter has decided I'm a porny porn porn account, everything I post gets hidden beneath sexual content. And that also means that my stuff doesn't show up on search results. So a lot of these activists, you know, who support stuff like normalized nudity or whatever, when they're not outright banned, they are hidden from search results. So you're, you know, they're dependent on you, you, the listener, to tell tell your friends and family and followers about them. Because as long as it's just us doing it, we're basically just screaming into the void. And certainly not the least of them is Nick and Lynn's who are actually trying to do their, their their life, their business, based on being social media influencers. And uh, it, it literally it is the difference whether they can eat or not and live their life. And social media is making that very difficult for them. So hello, Nick and Linz. Where where are we talking to you today? We are in Spain. Spain, nice. Yes, the south of Spain. Um, it is windy. <laughs> we have some warm days, but we have some chilly days. Today is pretty windy and pretty chilly. Uh, but yesterday we had a great, great warm day. We were naked on the terrace, um, watching the sea. So. It's like summer in Canada, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, because people might be listening to this in the summer, but we're recording this in January. And so what's the temperature when it's warm in Spain? Um, here, what was it yesterday? 20, 20 degrees, something? Um, oh, okay. That's yeah. not hot yet. No, but we have a very, very beautiful, nice terrace. And so if the wind is coming from uh, over the mountain, then we don't have the wind. So it, then it's really, really hot in the sun. And it's in the sun. Like yeah. 20 degrees in the yes. sun is like... Oh, yeah, and I would totally take like, uh, that over the minus 10, 10 I have right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not trying to make you jealous. So uh, we're talking about censorship and social media censorship. Have, have you ever been censored? Uh, yes. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> oh, more than once. More than once. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, in fact, you've had one of your accounts just deleted, didn't you? Uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's been a year and a half yeah. ago, mm -hmm. but that was the big hit because it was uh, our Instagram account. It had almost 50,000 followers and then just gone. Without a warning, without anything, just from one day to another, it was gone. And, and you make your living as social media influencers. So that would have hurt a lot, didn't it? Yeah, it did. 
It did. Those were yeah. very sad days. Yeah. And honestly, I cried. I cried mm. because for so many reasons. I cried because it was our income, first of all. Um, I cried because of the double standards on Instagram. I cried because, yeah, what, what's, what's the future on social media? What's the future with naturism on social media? I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I cried. <laughs> yeah. I I I uh, I bet you were angry too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Angry for so many reasons. Did you get any warning? No. No. No, nothing. Did you did you get like were there like six posts deleted the week before no. or a month before? No, nothing. There there was in the last weeks or months we lost a couple of posts but like, not like nothing serious no no because but there was a there was some indication because we were starting to lose posts which never happened before and unfortunately it started happening again last month mm -hmm. so now we are very very careful on uh, instagram we stopped posting new pictures on our feed we still do some uh, some story but we are also very careful with it because yeah we don't want to lose it again yeah, for the people who don't know, we started a second Instagram account. Um, we started from scratch. Um, and now we have 36,000 uh, followers. Um, but also, to be honest, the amount of followers, okay, it's an indication how popular uh, you are. Um, but to be honest, our engagement rate on our second Instagram account is way more generous than on our first one. Um, so we have a lower amount of followers, but we reach the right people um, because the comments are, are good comments. The messages that we get are really good messages, um, which is really, really good. Um, so that's why we are super, super, super careful at the moment. Um, we Yeah, it's been two weeks now, I think, that we posted a picture on our feed. And when we do something on Instagram on the stories, then yeah, we wear clothes. It's not because we want to, but it's because we have to, to keep our um, account. And it's, it's also our, a lot of our target audience is on Instagram. Yeah. We get most of our audiences between 30 and 40 years old. And those are the Instagram users. Yeah. We have so many followers who only follow us on Instagram. So those are people we, lo we lose immediately if we lose our account again. Mm -hmm. if, we, if some other people follow us on, as well on Twitter, on Facebook, and they find us back. But so a lot of people who just follow us on Instagram, they are just, we, we lose them. And, then we lose yeah. Instagram. And also our audience on Instagram is more um, female, yeah. are more females than on any other search, uh, platform. Yeah. Yeah. So when you lost your first Instagram account, um, did you appeal? Did you try to? <laughs> we can send you. We can send you the amount of pictures from us holding um, a number to appeal to get our to get our account back. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Every day, I think for three months, every day you could appeal. We always appealed. Then you have to take a picture with a number yeah. and send it to them. We did that every single day. But yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Never. No. Again. No response. No. Nothing. No. Nobody ever said a thing to you. No. no, it's crazy. We thought that eventually somebody would get tired of receiving our pictures and at least respond like, "Stop doing that, guys. We're not getting it back." But no, no, nothing. No, we even we even 
um, try to um, reach out to our followers um, like, hey, this is what you can do to get our Instagram back. Please do it. And hundreds of people send us an email like, yeah, yeah, we did it. We did it. And uh, we hope you get your Instagram account back. But yeah, nope. Didn't work. Didn't work. So do you know why you lost it? Um, I, I think we do. Um, we, our our yeah. last picture was a parody on uh, Austin Powers. It's a cut from, there's in one of the Austin Powers movies, he's walking around naked and there's always something in the way. But the style of the pictures we take. So we took a cut of it. It was really cool. We, with, uh, with black chalk, we, we painted uh, chest hair on my chest. And then we, we copied the, the, the picture. Mm -hmm. um, but we also used lots of Austin Powers hashtags. And probably that was, a, that was the trigger that people who follow the Austin Powers has, hashtags may not be so happy with uh, with nudity or nudism and they reported this i think well, did you have were there penises was your penis showing in the no, picture no 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 no, 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 no. no. your nipples uh, was it nipples showing in the picture it was completely according to the rules so what rule did you break <laughs> you tell us <laughs> call what mark and they... ask him if you have his number <laughs> all those appeals and you did not get an explanation no no how does that feel? Super frustrated um, because they're also, um, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like if you look at a lot of other accounts on Instagram who are wearing clothes, but that you can, can really see that it's sexual uh, or just porn, hardcore porn, and they're still on that platform, then it, yeah. It's a sad. It's a sad world they live in. The thing is, they keep saying that for um, their advertisers don't like to be uh, close to nudity, mm. and that's one of the main reasons why they don't allow nudity. But they have a Pornhub account. Pornhub has. I looked it up the other day. Four point five million followers on Instagram. <laughs> so advertisers do uh, don't have any problem with having their ads next to a Pornhub account. But they do have a problem with the ne being next to a Naked Wanderings account, mm -hmm. which doesn't really make sense at all to me. But okay, it's it's a private company; it's their platform, mm -hmm. and we are just users. We we use it for free, mm -hmm. so that's okay. We have to, somewhere we have to follow their guidelines. But the most annoying thing for us is that their guidelines they they just they mean nothing. But they, they because they keep kicking us out even though we follow their, their community standards perfectly. Yeah. And that's the annoying thing. Like you never know, even, even today on Instagram, we never know tomorrow we can wake up and our Instagram account can be gone again. Mm -hmm. Even though we follow the community standards. Okay. Not the, not the very new ones, but before we follow them completely and mm -hmm. still. Yeah. Or at least your interpretation of the community standards. We're not sure how they interpret the community standards. No, no, that's <laughs> different than us. Yeah, and that's also the thing. They're not. They're not clear. They're not. They're absolutely not clear. The the guidelines or the standards, mm -hmm. um, and they're not consequent. How do you say? Consequent. Consequent um, on who's still on the platform and who's not. It's like no consistent. Yeah, they're consistent, not consistent. Yeah, and a naked butt cannot be the main focus of a picture. But what is the main focus? Is like, is it like all, all in the picture, or 
or just at the center of the picture. Uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, the meandering naturists lost their uh, Instagram account. Mm -hmm. They also had quite a big account. They only have pictures in nature and always taken from quite a distance. They, it's always with their bag because they don't like to show their face on Instagram. So it's, yeah, you see two naked people from a distance in every of their pictures. Mm -hmm. And still they got their Instagram account got blocked. But if that but was wearing a string, yeah. then it would be fine. Absolutely. Like like a string, maybe, but maybe. like a rope. The, the just, cord. Just, yeah, just a cord. Yeah. Just, just that. <laughs> then it would be fine. Probably. Well, they also, they changed the rules, right? There's uh, an article um, that on December 20th, the rules changed. And I suspect that that's why I lost one of my posts from eight months ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that was the rationale. It was, uh, what is it? Adult sexual solicitation. Yeah. It was a post about your post <laughs> talking about how naturists hang out online during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Which, how is that solicitation? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And, and that was a picture from me, eh? I think. Yes, sitting on a chair. So there was no, you couldn't even see your whole bum. No, 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 no. I was holding a phone. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, holding a phone and yeah. But again, there was not even the ability to click appeal. Sometimes there is this one. No, they decided it was a clear violation, I guess. Hey, Because I'm sorry. they didn't even give me the chance <laughs> to appeal. Yeah. So they changed the rules, and then you're supposed to, I guess, go back through all your posts mm -hmm. and reevaluate them according to the new rules that they don't really explain or tell you about. Mm -hmm. But the new rules, they're more consistent. <clears throat> and they actually say that uh, uh, body parts like breasts or genitals uh, cannot be covered by objects or, uh, or human uh, or hands or so. But isn't that every picture you guys take with you know? Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. that is the that is the other reason why we are we turned very silent now on Instagram. Because and also, it's really every picture. And the thing is also, I'm sorry, but a skirt is an object. Mm -hmm. So if well, you yes, just of course. yeah, so if you post a picture completely clothed with a skirt and a t-shirt, those are objects. So nobody can ever post a picture of themselves anymore wearing clothes or no. Uh, see, I know the problem now. You think this is about logic? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it what humanity so, is all about? <laughs> yeah. So what's the answer? I mean, I, I know you said it's a private company, but my, my point has been for a few years now is, is it might be a private company, but it's a public space. They've created it. They've succeeded. Everybody's on there. And if you're not on there, you don't exist. You are nobody. So therefore, they have created a public space that you cannot avoid. So what's the answer? How do we get our message across? That's a big question. I think we need a lot of bottles of wine for that <laughs> and some more time to think about that. So somebody will have to fight for, uh, for our naturist rights. But of course, we are a big, uh, like a minority. I think naturism in general is calculated to be 5% of, of all people who enjoy social nudity, which is not a lot. Even, I, I, I would hope that the very big organizations like the INF would do something about it or at least take a, an official stand and try to, try to talk with, with, with social media um, owners or lobby with, with governments, like with the American government. But I'm, I'm, I don't think that it would work but at least they could they could make a point of it 
Yeah, but but look at what Spencer Tunick did um, mm -hmm. last year, I think, uh, or is it two years ago? I, I don't remember. Um, he he went to Silicon yeah. Valley and to protest and to talk with Facebook and Instagram and all those guys out there, and they just didn't let him in. And if you think about Spencer Tunick. Spencer Tunick is a big name and not only in the naturist community because he himself isn't a naturist so he is it's not he's not huge in the naturist he is not only huge in the naturist community but in the art community in general and even a big name like Spencer Tunick there was like yeah they they just yeah. laugh at him but he avoided um, the government and that's something like here in Spain the Spanish Federation has, has managed or almost managed to make um, nudity a human right if you can make this global, then we have something we can stand on. Then we can go to, uh, to Facebook and say, okay, this is discrimination because nudity is a human right. Mm -hmm. You're taking away my human rights. And as a company, you're not allowed to do that. Even though you're a private company, you can't discriminate. Mm -hmm. But we, we don't have any basis at the moment. <clears throat> Yet. Yeah, well, the, there is a, you know, it's, it's community standards, but the question is always whose community, right? Uh, it's not the European community, although it, it appears to me in the last 20 years that the Americans have managed to adjust their community standards in Europe. They, they kind of managed to force it on European. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that mentality. It was just, we did a show on the Naked Documentary, uh, which is mm -hmm. uh, uh, by Nor Norwegian. Or is it Swedish? I think he's Swedish. Uh, Jan Dalchow. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, he was saying that, that there's the adjustment because the Netflix, for example, you want to have a TV show on Netflix, you have to follow the American community standards. Mm -hmm. um, so, but when you do make laws, it does affect Facebook. It does affect Instagram. And perhaps if European countries or the European Union made laws, they would have to look at different community standards depending on where you are. And then I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the problem. If you're small, you don't matter. But if you're big enough, you, you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think Spencer Tunick is not big enough. But there are plenty of very big celebrities who get away with posting stuff that I, you and I would never get away with. Yeah, of course. And yeah. it stays up. Yeah. Of course, but they are being sponsored by big companies that are also advertisers on Instagram. If right. if Je Jennifer Lopez is uh, is the new face of what is Chanel? Uh, no, Chanel, I, I would guess, is a big advertiser on Instagram. So Instagram cannot kick her out. It's like yeah, it's it's a whole other level. So the argument often is that these companies are private businesses and that they have the right to do what they want. And I understand that because as the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, I, I appreciate that to a large extent, I have to have a lot of power because one, I'm putting all my money at risk, well, my wife and I are, and um we are trying to run the business the way we want to, and there is a right there. There is a right. I I understand that, but I also have. There's a lot of regulations I have to follow. Uh, I have to follow regulations to make sure I have safe water. I have to follow regulations to make sure that uh, food is handled properly in the restaurant. I have regulations to make sure that 
sewage is handled properly, not just dump into the river and polluting things. These are all regulations I have to follow. But I do have the freedom to decide who is there and who is not, which is important to maintain the naturist atmosphere that we want in a naturist environment. Uh, I have to be able to almost arbitrarily throw people out. I can't have a huge, long six-month process while they hang out and make uh, the place horrible for people. Um, so there has to be some regulation, but I understand that private businesses have some freedom to run the business the way they want to. That's important too. But when it comes to Instagram and Facebook, they are they have become de facto public places. When you become that big and any company who becomes that massive that they are intrinsically part of society, they have to accept that if you're going to grow that big, you are you're going to be looked at a lot more carefully. People don't have much choice. Like not being on Facebook, I've tried is like not existing. You can't, you're missing information and you cannot promote information. It is a de facto public space. And so they, they can't have the same power because they are shutting people out. They will, uh, you've heard, you've heard Nick and Linz and Hector and other, and Cleo, um, Felicity, they were all trying to promote things. And if they cannot promote their business, they don't exist. They cannot succeed. In fact, uh, Facebook has actually kind of given up. They they recognize they can't make it work. They 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 need regulation. Uh, in on March thirtieth, twenty nineteen, Mark Zuckerberg uh, published an op-ed in the Washington Post where he asked for government regulation. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read it. And even recently, in in just uh, I'm recording this in February of twenty twenty one, but in January of twenty twenty one. Uh, Kevin Chan, who's the global director and the head of public policy for Facebook Canada, told the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, that Parliament should make clear what kind of content is not allowed on Facebook. They want regulation because they recognize that they are terrible at it and they are being driven only by trying to run their business as cost-effectively as possible, which means you have to make the moderation as cheap as possible. So my solution is, first, is let people choose. This part has always driven me crazy. See, Twitter is a better model because Twitter, um, if you don't want to follow somebody, you don't have to. Their rule is you can't have your profile picture or the banner at the top that shows up when you do a search have nudity in it. But if people choose to follow what is clearly marked as sensitive content, I think is their term. I don't know. Somebody's term is that. That's your choice. And that is very reasonable. Let people choose. If people choose to follow Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, I'm assuming that they don't get offended by nudity. And if they do, they should stop following it. You know? And so that's the first concept. Not all community standards are the same. Let people choose their community and the standards that they find acceptable. There are limits, of course. You know, we don't need the abuse uh, where people are being harmed, that that's not a community we need to tolerate. But we don't t- tolerate murderers. There's a lot of things we don't tolerate because they're against the law. Naturism, at least in Canada and in most Western countries, is perfectly legal. 
And so the ability to talk about it is part of a fundamental free speech that should be allowed. And the images are a key part of that communication. And because no system is perfect, and we recognize that, that's why we have courts, any social media system out there has to have a true appeals process. An appeals process that allows you to defend yourself. Imagine a court where you don't get to explain and you deserve an explanation that is clear and specific, perhaps only if you ask for it, but you deserve that explanation, not just, here's the penal code, you violated one of those laws, go figure it out on your own. That's, how, how do I know? How do I know if a mistake was made if I don't know the thinking that went behind it? And I think that the appeals process should involve multiple people because the judgment of one is not good enough. And as far as I know, all Supreme Courts have a series of people. And most decisions in Supreme Courts, where you think that's the law which is written down, should be clear. But most of those decisions are not unanimous. There's usually dissenting judges. So you need multiple people in this appeal process on social media as well. I understand it's going to be more expensive, but um, Facebook is one of the most uh, profitable and richest corporations in the world. So surely they can afford a slightly better process. For those who want it, because a lot of people won't bother appealing, but for those who want it, an appeals process is key. So that will be all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. I think a fairly heavy one, but a very important one. Thank you for listening. Thank you for thinking about all these things. And don't, don't stop. Don't give up. Keep fighting for our rights. My name is Stéphane Deschain, and I'm your host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. And I make the show with a lot of help from Samantha Graham, who makes the task of editing and producing the show so much easier because she does so much of the time-consuming behind-the-scenes stuff to make me look good so I can just talk. So thank you, Samantha. And thank you for all those of you who are supporting us on Patreon. Again, you can go over there or you encourage others to do so. Patreon.com slash Show. one word. Remember, the money is not for me. The money goes towards production, goes towards supporting Samantha as she does the work. I don't get one penny. And the show will always be available for free so we can spread the word because of the support of people on Patreon. You can find links to all the things we talked about in the show as well in the show notes on the show's website, one place where we cannot be uh, censored because we completely control the, the website and the internet that way is still not censored. Hopefully it will stay that way. The show's website is naturistlivingshow.com. And also keep sending your comments and suggestions. We always appreciate reading them and getting them. We read all of them. We don't necessarily respond to all of them because we don't have time. We get a lot of comments, um, but we try. The show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. And yes, you can find us on all of the social media places that constantly censor us. We're still there. And you can find those also on our website, naturistlivingshow.com. You can also call and leave a comment and take as many tries as you like and even delete it when you are done. Um, I've We've had some problems with the quality of the lines, but hopefully by the time you listen to this, it will be fixed. Um, we had one comment, which we'll put in the next episode, um, that it was so mangled, I'm going to have to call the person and re-record it. The show's phone number, if you do want to leave a message, is 905 905- 
country code 1, 905-473-6060, or Skype for free, Bear Oaks, one word, and then it's extension 333, I guess you to the Naturist Living Show because that's the main phone number for Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. like to begin with a fact, a simple yet shocking fact. It is this. A flood tide of filth is engulfing our country in the form of newsstand obscenity and is threatening to pervert an entire generation of our American children. We know that once a person is perverted, it is practically impossible for that person to adjust to normal attitudes in regard to sex. Yet, much of this material has been described as an illustrated, detailed course in perversion, abnormal sex, crime, and violence. It is also a fact that no matter who buys this material, 75 to 90% of it ends up in the hands of our children. Now, you might ask yourself, why this sudden concern? Pornography and sex deviation have always been with mankind. This is true. But now, consider another fact. Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity, the teachers of unnatural sex acts, had available to them 
the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. High-speed presses, rapid transportation, mass distribution, all have combined to put the vilest obscenity within reach of every man, woman, and child in the country. In the past few years, this obscenity traffic and salacious newsstand literature have become increasingly worse, not only in content, but in volume. This traffic continues to increase and flourish for one reason. It is big business, profitable business, for the mercenary persons who produce it, and for it more than 800 distributors. The United States Supreme Court has described it as dirt for dirt's sake. We describe it as dirt for money's sake. Obscene literature is a $2 billion a year business. That's $2 billion. Through this material, today's youth can be stimulated to sexual activity for which he has no legitimate outlet. He is even enticed to enter the world of homosexuals, lesbians, sadists, masochists, and other sex deviants. The psychiatric terms for these unnatural sex acts are unknown to most decent adults in our country. But through this salacious material, these abnormalities are corrupting the minds and the hearts of our children. Perversion for profit. Here is the most vicious, the most insidious feature of these publications. They constantly portray abnormal sexual behavior as being normal. They glorify unnatural sex acts. They tell youngsters that it's smart, it's thrilling, it provides kicks to be a homosexual, a sadist, and every other kind of deviant. The Military Chaplains Association of the United States Practically every major fraternal, civic, and religious organization, the juvenile court judges, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, innumerable psychiatrists, sociologists, and psychologists, attribute the moral decay among our people in very large part to the obscene and pornographic literature so prevalent in our society. This moral decay weakens our resistance to the onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. A major factor that makes youngsters prime targets for this printed filth is the natural curiosity of youth about the mysterious force of sex. Yet on virtually every newsstand is a welter of misinformation which can wreck them for life. Well, at this point, my friends, I wish to make it clear that the obscenity I'm talking about and the examples that I'm about to show you were not bought on the sly from under the counter. They were not purchased on skid row or on the other side of the tracks. They can be bought openly by anyone in drugstores, groceries, delicatessens, terminals, malt shops, cigar stores, newsstands, all over the community. They can be purchased by children whether in a small town like McAllen and the Rio Grande, or in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles. A prime example of one major category are the so-called girly magazines. 
which sell over 15 million copies a month. These highly colorful magazines picture stark nudity on slick paper. They often present their subject on bed or couch in positions indicative of intercourse or other sex act, obviously calculated to stimulate the reader. The nakedness, the nudity of these magazines is defended and foisted upon the people by a vociferous minority in our society. They lack the moral standards and values of our Judeo-Christian heritage. They not only oppose the principles of that heritage, which has given us our rich institutions and laws, but they advocate their overthrow. For the sake of decency in this film, we have partially covered the pictures and disguised the identity of the models. But actually, these magazines not only display complete nudity, but they do so in a perverted manner. Such as this appeal to the sodomist. Such as these shots, which are typical of the preoccupation with the female breast, to a point that it has become a fetish. And this one, with its overtones of bestiality and with lesbian implications. Another important problem common to these publications is the dwelling upon teenage participation in wild, flagrant abuses of the God-given gift of sex. This is amply depicted by the pose of this obviously young girl, her clothes in the disarray of sexual activity, with the stimulus of alcohol indicated by the tumbler placed on her thigh. And again, the breast fetish. Note the sensual expression alluded to by Dr. Sorokin, the renowned Harvard sociologist, as being the hallmark of so much of contemporary photography. And then we come to nudist magazines. If they were printed only for the nudist cult, they would never exist. Their circulation would not support the cost of printing. These total exposures are not of nudists in some instances, but rather of paid professional models. Group exposure is a hallmark of these cultists. However, it's been well stated that very few blind people join the nudist colonies. This mixture of male and female with total anatomical detail is typical of these magazines. A young boy in Philadelphia raped and killed a five-year-old girl. And while he was testifying that he had been stimulated to this heinous crime by reading a nudist magazine, a federal court judge in Washington was granting to that very same publication a second-class mailing permit. And then we come to a terribly sad indictment of our society the so-called physique group of publications. These magazines with a homosexual viewpoint and poses are often not understood by many youngsters who take them as instruction of body development. But psychiatrists believe that prolonged exposure of even the normal male adult to this type of publication, though he may not be aware of its true nature, will nevertheless pervert. 
Think then of the consequences to the inexperienced youth who in purchasing and studying this material becomes a pawn for these misfits, these homosexuals who have a slogan that betrays the evil of the breed. Today's conquest, they say, is tomorrow's competition. See the tender age at which homosexuals prefer their conquests. Look here at the young face and bright smile which could be the hope of the world. But in the other half of the picture is revealed the seduction of the innocent. Look at this poor young lad. But when looking, think of the others who might follow his perfidious footsteps when photos like these are available at the corner news rack. And so it goes, countless poses, still pictures, slides, movies, all with the same content, and more of the same. This picture is not one typical of the physique magazines. It approaches another class of magazines dealing with transvestites, wherein the wearing of female garments is that which provides sex gratification for the participant. This picture, of course, merely confesses on the cover of the magazine the charges we have made. In this ad, the titles of the magazines and their table of contents speak more eloquently than I of the tremendous problem here presented. Sexual sadism, strange flagellation cults, erotic confessions of a sadist. What is fetishism? The pleasure of pain, the worship of the whip, Sexual problems of a masochist. How to buy a whipping. Famous transvestites. Are cross-dressers afraid of sex? These titles lead us to an even more bizarre, but nevertheless common product of our news racks. The composite picture here speaks for itself. This type of aberration is usually depicted by showing several persons one of whom is dominant, and binding or inflicting pain upon the other. And thus, the grotesque costuming and the significance of the extreme spiked heel and the tight boot, the riding crop, the burning cigarette, rubber and leather garments, and all the rest. And here again, an appeal to the sodomist with a play upon the buttocks, the laced leather garment. This picture hints at the common idea of bestiality. Dr. Sorokin, the renowned sociologist at Harvard, says that today the newsstands, quote, depict the world as a sort of human zoo inhabited by raped, mutilated, and murdered females, and by he-males outmatching in bestiality cavemen and outlusting the lustiest of animals. Male and female alike are hardened in cynical contempt of human life and values, unquote.